You're listening to Culture Camp. Tune in each week to hear from an amazing lineup of athletes, CEOs, founders, and more who have created winning cultures in their organization. Each will share the secrets to creating a culture in your business that will lead you to thrive. Are you ready? Here's your host, Jason Haugen. Welcome back to another episode of Culture Camp. I have a really exciting episode this time with Mr. Bridger Pennington. Bridger, thank you for being on. Jason, good to be on, dude. It's going to be fun. Yeah, there's been a long time coming, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a busy dude, but that busy's good. You are too, so it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to come hang out. For sure. Uh, Bridger is the founder of Fund Launch. They have over 20,000 students that help students create funds. Um, he is a founder of three investment funds and the founder of the crypto or co-founder of the crypto hedge fund called the ugly unicorn fund that has about 10 million under management. That's yeah, we, interesting. We just started that like two months ago. So, so 10 million bucks in two months. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty fun. We're trying to go to hundred million here by the end of the year. I so. would say that's, that's a small amount of growth for sure. No, I'm just kidding. You could do much <laughs> it was better. A good, it was a good start. It was a good start. <laughs> no, we dude, that's to, awesome. I mean, the fund world is all perspective. Some fun. Anyways, we, we thought sure. it was good for us. We thought it was a good start initially. And then, yeah, we're gonna keep growing it. Try so to grow here soon. Has a lot of that growth come from cars and coin? Uh, just all, just all word all of mouth, all sorts of stuff. And you yeah. guys are making money in this market right now, currently, right? Uh huh. We've done well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been good. That's awesome. I've been to a couple yeah, of your uh, cars and coin events where you and Dan Young get up there and talk about how you guys are still doing well. And I think our last reporting uh, markets down twenty four and a half percent Bitcoin. Right. Since we started, we're up, we were up two and a half, almost three wow. percent positive. So wow, that's a huge swing. It's a big, that's a big gap. Yeah. Like 20, what is that? 28 points, yeah. 29%. That's a lot. So we were pretty happy about that. Yeah, for sure. Now that that's, that's interesting because, um, crypto is a very interesting world and I know not a lot about it. I think I know as much as I've been told and I've learned at cars and coin. Yeah. <laughs> and I've lost my ass in uh, Coinbase and crypto oh, and all that shoot. stuff. So oh, uh, yeah, super exciting. Shout out to my father-in-law for making me invest <laughs> in so much stuff. But hey, just hold it. Hey, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, hey, loss harvest and get back in. Yeah. Like I have lost a bunch of money and there's no reason to, I mean, I, I might be able to uh, deposit that or withdraw and buy some lunch maybe. Maybe buy some nice <laughs> night at Ruth's Chris. That's how much it's gone to nothing. <laughs> sure. um, it was a it was a pretty penny, but you know it's it's fun money, and I'll just leave it in there. But yeah, Dan, I was listening to one of Dan's uh, um, like Instagram lives or whatever, and he's like, just hold it, just hold it. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. All right, I'm gonna hold it. It's worth nothing, pretty much nothing now. So yeah, interesting. Not so there. Yeah. Um, Bridger, you are a second generation entrepreneur. Yeah. Huh? So yes. tell me a little bit about like growing up with John Pennington. John is you know incredible guy, and it kind of our dads kind of intertwined many many years ago. It's yeah, kind of yeah, cool. Right. Yep. Um, but how was it growing up in you know childhood, not living in an entrepreneurial home, and then we can get into your entrepreneurial yeah, journey. Yeah. Um, my dad had a lot of ups and downs as an entrepreneur. He I think he started like thirteen different businesses. Okay. He had his first couple ones did really well. And then he was like unemployed. He didn't have a job for like five years. Like wow. he was trying to get a job or three years. Didn't he really couldn't find work. Well, he, he, like he would find work, didn't like it. And then he'd bounce around. He was just trying stuff. Not had, it didn't have a consistent income, I guess you for three years. Right. And then start a company like, anyways, he, he was all over the place as a kid. I had no clue really. All I knew is my dad kind of ran businesses and did okay. And had ups right. and downs. And I don't, I don't really know. We lived a very, my dad's very conservative, super conservative lifestyle. Right. Looking back, I was like, wow. But it, but it was it served him very well. He grew up in a very poor household. Okay. And uh, I think he just knew like, hey, I, I got nothing. I got to save my money. I got to, you know, he drove a crappy car. Right. He drove. I think so. I heard a story that you, you had no idea that you even had money. Yeah, we I didn't know much. <laughs> and then he he started some funds. They were doing really well. There. I had no clue. I mean, he's driving a 
you know, 1999 Ford Expedition with 300,000 miles on it, wow. dent, dent in the door, and they're managing, you know, a half a billion dollars at the time. Wow. Right? Like, I mean, they really, any, anyways. So he went on, people that don't know, he, they went on, they, they started a, a huge, massive family of funds. And I think they manage about 40 billion right now. Wow. Just crazy. One of the top uh, 10 funds in the world for real estate funds. That's just crazy. Incredible. So 10 times bigger than Grant Cardone's funds. Yeah. Just put it into perspective how big they are. They're 10 times bigger than Grant Cardone. And right. they buy the same properties. They buy right. multifamily, commercial office, senior assisted living and stuff like that. So wow. pretty cool. Um, and then he's retired now. He's since retired, they IPO'd. And, Anyways, he's chilling. Right. So just hanging out. Yeah, kind of fun. So that was I growing up though, I it was pretty conservative. My dad um was very mindful though to teach us kids about finance, about business, about real life. What's a mortgage payment? How does insurance work? What's how to like I remember I remember specifically I was eleven or twelve years old. My dad sat down for whatever reason, he's like, I'm gonna teach you guys about the stock market. And we really? we we spent like three or four Sundays in a row on the whiteboard, me and my two older brothers, learning how a stock market functions. Really? And like, and really came down to, he's like, cause he's like, Bridger, what if Google announces something really cool? And like, it's going to be awesome. Will the stock go up? And I was like, well, yeah, obviously he goes, no. And what if they have bad earnings? Well, the stock goes down. I say, well, yeah, it's going to go down. He says, no, he goes, literally the price of a stock is based on how many buyers and how many sellers there are. That's wow. it. It doesn't matter news. It doesn't matter whatever. It's if there's more buyers than sellers, the stock goes in the reprice and how they price that stock. And then he talks about shorting a stock, how you short a stock, you borrow a stock and short against it. Anyways, very interesting. 12 years old. It took me like, <laughs> it took me like four Sundays to really get it. And right. uh, it was really cool. So that's awesome. Heck yeah. So growing up, did you play any sports or do anything like that? Yeah, I played, I played sports all growing up. So nice. football, basketball, baseball. Okay, you it. grew up uh, where, like South Sandy, Utah. Sandy. I went okay. to Alta High School, so I nice. played. Uh, I played football at Alta, and then I played uh, baseball, and then I, I actually moved to lacrosse my nice. junior year. Okay, I was just sick of baseball, and I made the varsity team, and I was a captain, and whatever, and it was it was really cool. I, that, lacrosse is probably my favorite sport I've ever played. Really, like sport. I love football because it's just fun and it's hype, and like that's the big crowd, and it's just fun. Right, but like as far as like a sport, dude. I thought lacrosse was the funnest thing. Really? You can I have, hit, you can run. It's like basketball. I just thought it was so fun. I have had never had any interest in playing lacrosse, but I, my my buddy growing up played hockey and lacrosse and football. Mm -hmm. So he played all the sports you try to kill each other on. Yeah, yeah. And he was really good at it. And, and he's went on to play like semi pro hockey and oh, did cool. a bunch of stuff. And yeah, I mean, yeah. it's interesting sport. I but I grew up in like a private school. We didn't really have a lot of sports, so we only stuck with the sports that you had. So mm -hmm. it wasn't a one is a big thing. Did you go to college? Uh -huh, I went to BYU. What'd you study for, there? Uh, yeah, I got into school. I, um, I guess I can tell you my story, I guess, yeah, if you want to, for but, sure. uh, I got into college. I was super ambitious. I served a two year LDS mission. Okay. I went to Taiwan. I spoke Chinese. Nice. So I come home and I'm like, okay, I'm going to start. I, I was super ambitious. Like my dad had taught me about entrepreneurship and you got to make money. And also, and I had this mindset of like, I, I'm going to school to make money. Right. For sure. This is my time to, to do everything. So I was super ambitious. I started six companies my first two years of college. Wow. Like legit businesses that were making money, like not just ideas, like they were actually. So my first, I started a Chinese tutoring company. We had like seven tutors. We were tutoring kids all across campus and okay. middle school and high school kids. No margins in that business. I was like, <laughs> screw this. So we like shut that down. I did a whole, I wholesaled two houses in college. I started an online marketing company with like 11 clients. They're paying a three grand each to wow. like go and build their website for them and do stuff. We did, uh, anyways, all sorts of businesses. And finally my dad, um, and now this time I knew he, he was running some funds and kind of semi-successful, but I, uh, I didn't really know. And he goes, Bridger, I, I, I want you to go meet with my business partner. This guy can really help you out. So I said, okay, I'll go meet with whoever. I'm like 21 at the time. Right. So I get in my car, drive to this guy's house. I pull up this huge, gorgeous mansion. It's massive. 
and he's got the pool in the backyard and the cars is my dad's business partner. I'm like, holy crap. Like, who is this guy? Right. Like I said earlier, like we lived in a very normal house. Dad right. drove a crappy car. I was like, dang, this guy's legit. So I go knock on the door. I'm like worried a butler is going to come and like right. <laughs> be gone peasant. Like get <laughs> out of here. You know, I go knock on this guy's door. I walk in and uh, I sit down on his couch and just this you know, gorgeous house. And we start to chat. And I finally ask him, long story short, I finally just ask him, like, how did you get all of this? How'd you do this? And he goes, Bridger, I, he goes, I was a lot like you in my 20s. He goes, I started a bunch of businesses. I was, you know, had ups and downs. I actually made a lot of money. But then he goes, then I figured out the secrets of the ultra wealthy. He goes, what the ultra wealthy families of the world do. Is they work their guts out. They get their kids work their guts. And they try to get their kids into the world of funds, investment funds, private equity, hedge funds, venture capital funds, real estate funds, or get their kids to come back home and run the family office, which is essentially a fund. Right. And I was like, huh. And he goes, a few years ago, I met a guy who ran a private equity fund. He was one of the wealthiest people I ever met in my life. And he said, at the time, he said, I set a goal. I don't care how long it takes me. I don't care if it's two years, five years, or 20 years. I was going to figure out what a fund was, how to start one, and how to scale one. And so he goes, that's what we did. He goes, we started a real estate fund, buying large amounts of real estate, and we managed about $8 billion at the time. Wow. And I was blown away, dude. I was like, holy crap. Like, this guy's amazing. Like, right. this is awesome. That's a lot of money. And I was like, dang, this is, I want to learn. I want to do this. Like, this is my path. I'm, I'm going to pick a path in life. I want to do this, right? Right. So I asked the guy, I've heard from podcasts like this, right? Like, find a mentor. So right. I said, I look at the guy. I'm like, dude, can you be my mentor? I'll come over. I'll buy you coffee. I'll come early. I'll do whatever. Like, I just let me be around you and we do this. And he goes, Bridger, he goes, go talk to your dad. He goes like, dude, your dad knows way more about us than I do. And really? I said, I was like, no, dude, I'm like, my dad's kind of poor. Like you're super rich. Like, can I learn from you? You know? Right. And he goes, Bridger, uh, sorry to break it to you, but me and your dad make about the same amount of money. And my chin dropped to the floor. I was like, huh? Like, come <laughs> again. He's like, yeah. He's like, me and your dad are pretty much equal business partners in this thing. And I, I, I left the dude's house. I drove straight to my dad's. I was like, dad, what the heck, dude? Like what's going on? Like, why haven't I been able to order a soda at Chipotle for the past 10 right. years? Cause it's too expensive, you know? Right. And yet you guys are managing billions of dollars, making all this money. And anyways, long story short, he says, yes. Yeah. We're managing these funds. And I, over the next like six to eight months, I would go over to his house every uh, Sunday or Saturday night and we would get on the whiteboard and he would teach me about funds, how they're put together, how to raise capital, how the sec works, how to, you know, all the ins and outs of the fund world. Right. And I was very intrigued. And, and, um, I, it's funny with, with all things that Tony Robbins talks about this. Like when you start to recognize something in your life, you start to see it more. Right. And I, I learned about funds. I started to recognize opportunities for funds. So I was 22 at the time I was in college and working at another job. And at that job, I saw an idea where we could start a fund in this company. They needed financing for their clients that were coming through and they needed small, these small short-term loans that were like 60 to 90 days to finance their product or whatever. And so I, it was a debt consolidation thing. And anyways, I, I was like, let's do a fund. I talked to the owners. They love the idea. I talked to my dad. They love the idea. I put the whole, this whole fund together. So I'm 22 years old, put this whole fund together. I'm so excited. And I finally hit this, you know, roadblock of like, crap, like, how am I going to raise money? Right. Like the one thing you need for a fund is money, right? It's sure. investors. So I was right. like, shoot, well, who am I going to p- pitch? And I thought, well, my dad, right. Obviously like, dude, my dad's got pl- apparently plenty of money. It's <laughs> I, he's not spending <laughs> yeah, it. You it haven't mu- seen it, but <laughs> it must be somewhere. It, yeah. And so he probably likes to invest and uh, he loved it. And he's already liked my fund. So I remember I, I was like, I'm gonna go pitch my dad. So I, uh, I remember pitching my dad. I walked into this little home office and in my best pitch voice possible, I was like, dad, how would you like to be our first investor into our fund? And my dad kind of smiled and he said, Bridger, um, he goes, I love your fund. idea; it's so cool. But he goes, if I invest in your fund, it would ruin the experience of you raising money on your own. 
It was wow. your, your first investor is your hardest investor to find. And if I do this, it'll be a disservice to you. Right. And he said, no. Wow. That's and powerful. And he uh, kicked me out. kind of walked out with my tail between my legs a little bit. And uh, I was like, shoot, you know, and I said, I'm going to take him up on the offer. And so I went out, I hit the streets, talked to everybody I knew. I raised a whopping $49,500 from, I think, seven investors over like wow. three weeks, which is teeny, right? That's right. like the smallest fund ever, but it was enough to get started. Right. I was so excited. We're doing these, these were like micro debt consolidation loans. They were like two to $5,000 a loan. So we got, we got started. I like launched this little fund. I'm 22 years old. I was like so excited. I launched this fund and our first group of investors, we got them a 64% return on their money, which is Holy awesome. crap. Yeah. So small amount, but good percentage, right? Good return. And we were like, this is amazing. We did all these loans. So we, we then kind of collapsed that first little fund and we made a, we did the same model, but just made it a lot bigger. That second fund we raised and employed millions. We did, we raised a ton of money. We did, I think, 450, almost 500 loans out of that thing. Wow. Awesome. For about four years, we just ran this thing. And then last year, I had a competitor come and buy us out. I actually bought our entire fund, and we had a little exit on it, which was awesome. And then um, since then, uh, we launched, uh, you mentioned the Ugly Unicorn Fund. So we just launched that as a crypto fund. So I had another partner that's really good at crypto, and we just launched that. And we've just raised about $10 million for that. We're trying to get $100 million pretty soon. So during, And then during this whole time... Um, my myself, my dad, and I didn't mention my brothers. My older brother is a security attorney for funds. So he's a lawyer for okay. funds, which is just awesome. This is a right? whole family thing. Got the whole thing. And none of us <laughs> went to Ivy League. None of us did like, you know, we're just entrepreneurs. And so a lot of people ask us like, how do you guys do funds? And no one online teaches about funds. No one talks about this at all. So we started making right. content and stuff online. I, sent, I sent, started a company called Fund Launch. We started coaching and educating people on funds. So we made a course first and then people wanted more, like more help. And so we made a coaching group now. And now we've got 20,000 people in our programs. It's crazy. That's and incredible. We just threw a live event in Vegas. We had 1,200 people at that live event, which is just wild. Yeah, it looked amazing. And uh, it was really fun. And we were taking 300 of our top clients to Mexico in two weeks. Like really? Just, yeah, it's just, it's it's crazy. We're trying to, we're right now, actually, if anybody knows, if anybody listening, we're trying to get Ray Dalio to come to our next event. So we're Heck willing yeah. to pay quarter million dollars to have him come. Yeah, I saw you post about that today. Yeah. So we're, I mean, I'm, I'm posting every day on TikTok till he says yes. So that's awesome. <laughs> Fun last we want 20, we have 2,500 people come to our next event in April is our plan. April, 2023, right? Yeah. 23 Vegas. Uh, well, we we're hopefully going to get signed this week. We're going to probably do, we're thinking Nashville or nice. Orlando. So we have Heck two yeah. good, really good venues. So we're have a bigger group. 2,500 people is a lot of people live. Yeah. So there's only a few venues in the country that can house you. So, right. Anyways, dude, that's the, that's kind of the story till now. It's pretty dude, fun. It's that, a, it's a fun time. That's awesome. How old are you now? Uh, 27, 27. So this yeah. has been about like six year journey, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So your first early stages of being an entrepreneur and those, uh, those, you know, you said six companies that you opened, you know, right, right at the beginning, yep. what are some big things that you learned that you might do differently to go back? And would you still have, do you still have any of those companies? No, no. Would you still have them if you knew something different now? Uh, or operated them different? No, no, I would have started them different though. Like I, right. they, I, I, they taught me so much, dude. I think, what are some of the biggest lessons you learned? Yeah. Like some people, I, I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. I don't just wake up one day and start Facebook. Like I, I learned a huge lesson on each business, right? Like my first, for example, my first business, it took me about a hundred hours to set up a Wix website for my really? Chinese tutoring company. It was so hard. I didn't know how to do the graphics and like make it the checkout page. Like I just, it literally it was a hundred hours. It probably took me, I can't remember how, like how many weeks that was split up. Wow. Now we can build a website. Like I, me, Bridger can build, a, I can build a full website functioning, running everything, domains connected in like 45 minutes. Really? And like multiple funnels, email sequences, like we can do it really fast. And like my first LLC 
took me, I took me like two weeks to figure out how do you set up an LLC? Like, how do you like bank right. account? And I was confident. And then finally, like you can set up a bank account LLC in like what an hour, yeah, hour and a half maybe. Right? right. And so just like stuff like that, it makes your time to execution way faster for um, sure. So just little lessons like that. But I would say the biggest thing I had a, I had a mentor, sorry, to, you can cut me off, whenever, oh, you're good. but uh, I'll just keep, I just keep jabbering. Just, just go, baby, I'll go. Just jabber. But uh, I had a freaking professor at BYU. This guy had sold his companies um, for a few hundred million, he had four or five companies. Wow. He was a serial entrepreneur. He had done very well. He just te- taught for fun. I actually had, I BYU, I, I'll shout out BYU. Their business program is full of just professors that killed it really that's and unique just, and just teach for fun because i went to a uh, i did a business program at weber state mm-hmm. and i only went one like one semester got in there and was like what the heck am i doing like <laughs> yeah. none of these people i'm making more money than these people i mean <laughs> yeah like i'm not gonna yeah. learn from these people and you know i lasted one semester and bounced yeah. out of there so i kind of you know gave up on that because oh. I, I think education is so important yeah. but it's a it's very cool that byu has that i mean that's you know anybody thinking about that should definitely take that as a consideration because that's a, a unique i mean that's what you want to learn talking about mentors yeah. you want to learn from people that have done it before not an experience over theory i was 100%. learning from a lot of theory out of yeah. a book you know you're you learned from a lot of experiences it's that's awesome oh, dude i i uh, i like wow i was there i was like holy crap like this is unique right we had another one of my other i was a ta for this guy he had sold six companies on the time he was the majority owner and board of director like the head of the board um for a, a 1.2 billion dollar company at the time and just oh, none of them took dang. salaries they just right. taught for fun another guy was at microsoft for 15 years their their senior vice president of marketing Really? He just taught for fun. Like they fly, like this guy would fly in from California every week to teach my class just cause he's like, he did a huge M&A. It was just cool. I just thought really? it was like, I just, and I handpicked my professors on purpose cause you can like, re, you can do research on them. Right. So I guess I was mindful of who I picked, but dude, it was like this master class of these dudes and they're Heck there yeah. to just help students. So they, if you ask them and if you're a promising student, that's like, Hey, I'm starting a business. I've already made money. I've done deals, you know? Right. They, that's the student they want to help. You know, I always tell uh, kids that are in college, like, dude, use your student card. That student card can get you in anywhere. If like, if, if you're a big CEO of a company and some dude off the street, like one of us just messages them randomly right. on LinkedIn. Hey, can I come get lunch with you? They're going to say no every day of the week. Right. But if you're a, Hey, I'm in, I'm a junior in college. I've started three companies. I just did two real estate deals. I would love if you got 15 minutes to do a FaceTime or I can just, I'm going to bring lunch to your office. Can we sit down? I just would love to hear. I'm in college, right at the local university. Right. Like more often than not, they'll, they'll yeah, say all yes. day long. Yeah. People would, love to mentor not? college kids. So yeah. yes, use the college card, but that's awesome. So, so did you end up getting a degree? We, maybe no, I dropped out. No? Yeah. How many years did you last? I did. Let's see. Two, or I guess semesters. How many semesters you last? Yeah. Let's see. I did two full years and then I started to fade out. So what I was doing, I was just taking less and less credits okay. while I was starting, like our business started getting better and better. I actually, I was going to do investment banking. So I was, um, in the finance, I was getting straight A's. Like I got the resume, you had to get internships. You get your junior internship is the plan. Right. So I, I flew it to Silicon Valley. I was there for four months, did my whole junior internship there, got wow. the offer, hundred thousand dollar offer, bonus stock thing, like the Heck whole offer. Yeah. Right. Right. And I was, I actually remember with my wife, I just was recently married. We just moved out there. So you, your offer. wife moved out to California with yeah, you. We both went out. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, got this offer. And I just got, you know, I, was, I had to accept my program and get into that and finish up my last, I guess, year and a half probably. And, uh, I just, I remember I'm, I'm a decently a God fearing person, I guess. I remember we prayed right. about it and we were like, what should we do? You know? And I got a distinct impression, both of us separately together. You should drop out of school. Don't accept this offer. Uh, not drop out, I guess. Don't join my program is what it was. Don't join my program. Don't accept the offer. Buy a house 
because we had some money saved up. We were like, we'll just rent. We'll just stay low profile, keep a lot of dry powder, right. buy a house, and then start this company called, in, you know, Fun Launch Now, Invest Fun Secrets. Wow. Like all we felt, it was like, we like fasted about it. We prayed. We like were very spiritual about this. Right. And we just felt so guided to do that. And so we were like, you know what? We'll trust. We'll trust in God. And Heck yeah. Did that. And well, it, and it, it, it was a out. huge jump and it worked out <laughs> right. like our house. We bought that house and it's, is it's, that, was that in California? You bought that house? No, it was in Utah. Okay. So we moved back to Utah, bought this house. It's probably, uh, we bought it for about 500,000. It's worth about 900,000 right now. Wow. In three, two years, three years. That's awesome. Like, you know, that did really well. Our right. business took off. We've done, I think we've done zero to about 12 million in about two years. Wow. Um, and sales with really big margins, but I think we're about a 40% margin company right now. That's incredible. Um, and, and then not going to school actually helped all that too. It's just weird for how sure. it all turned out. So. Yeah, no, some, similar story. I went to school and just got too busy. You know, I started joining a network marketing company and raised to the top of the, the, I guess, ranks there and started speaking every, all over the place. I'm like, oh, I don't cool. have time to go back to school. I'm, yeah. I'm leading a team of thousands of people. And, wow. you know, it was, it was definitely a good time. If there's some advice you can give somebody, so, you know, someone out there listening, um, probably just starting a business or just maybe got an L, just very, very early stage. What are some advices you, or advice you would give them starting out, in their, their yeah. journey. Cause you know, I believe the first six, 12 months is just hard yeah. or in, in, a, you know, it obviously, you know, it gets easier, but it's still hard, you know, year, you know, one through three. Oh yeah. But what yeah. are, what are some early stages of advice you'd give to somebody? Um, oh man, I'll, I'll tell, I'll just say two things that helped me. I don't know. I'm not the person to like drop wisdom on everybody, but two <laughs> things that helped me like crazy. I that one of those professors at BYU, he, uh, I was so, there's so many entrepreneurs out there for and sure. I was one of them for a while. I was like, Oh, we could do this thing or this. And I try to like, I, Oh yeah. hype man. If I had, if I had $5 million, I would easily double it overnight. Like, you know, like right. this, you have this anyways, he said on, I remember that at a class, he said, any idea you have, you need to give yourself a timeline and a budget on that idea. Okay. And the timeline and budget, he says, you give yourself $500 and three weeks. He goes, you can vet and fully explore a, f a business idea in three weeks with 500 bucks. Wow. And he says, set the deadline, set the budget and don't sit on a business idea for two years. You know, dudes like, Oh, right. I've oh. had this idea for 18 months yeah, and I'm going to do it one day. I hear about it all the time. It's like, no, it's like, he's like, don't do that. Three weeks, literally go all out for three weeks on this thing. And in three weeks you will know if it's got promise or it's going to fail. Right. And, you, and he's like for 500 bucks, you can do pretty much anything. That's great advice. And so we did, I did that on multiple businesses. And eventually right. we did that on our, this fun, the fun launch business. And it well, took off like it, crazy. You don't just spin any roles for two years or, no. or a year or two months or three months or four Gets months. Get those I mean, voices out of your brain, dude. I right. have those at night when I go to sleep, I have all these voices like, you should do this. You should do that. Like you'll be successful right. here. You should try this. And it's like, yeah. okay, let's just do stuff. Let's just start. Instead of like talking, let's go and just execute. And it's three weeks at a time. And then after three weeks, I would do then a seven month. I'd say, okay, if I, if after three weeks it was like successful and I feel like there was a lot of good market research or whatever it was, got some few sales. Okay. I'm going to go all out for seven months. And my mentality was if I do seven month stints, you can do a lot in seven months. If you oh, go yeah. all out on something for sure, part-time on something, you can't not gonna do much, but if you go all right. out on something for seven months, um, you will, if I do that, if I, if I can do it probably twice a year, maybe twice every 18 months, if I have a little split up, if I do that for five years, I'm going to find some, I'm yeah, going to be successful. Gonna I'm going to yeah. be successful. I just right. got to survive and keep trying, you know? Right. And so that's kind of my mentality that I went to it with and, Anyways, ended up working a little bit. So. so when someone's starting out a business and they're seeing a little bit of, so, so they're, they're at months, you know, seven, it's working. Mm -hmm. um, they have a job. What, what would you recommend that they do to help explode that and, and do some things to stick with it or, you know, do other things? We got a 
good old American jet flying above us. <laughs> F-35? Yeah, F-35. Yeah, 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 yeah. I live to the end of a runway of an Air yeah. Force base, which is exciting, but a little loud sometimes. But um, what are some, what's some advice you'd give people to, to, to stay in the grind? Because, you know, things might get, you know, they might, okay, this is working out. Mm. Now what? There's a lot of now what out there. Yeah. Any advice for that to keep that going? Um, dude, I don't know. You can probably comment on this better than me, <laughs> but I, uh, I, I'm all about, I, cause I failed so long. I was running those six businesses I talked about. I was doing them at the same time. Really? I had, I had two or three at any given and moment. And working? Were you working at the same time? Or just and I was in school and sometimes I had an internship too. Okay. Or something. Wow. It was Isn't just, it? and it was so, it was like, sounded cool to like tell my girlfriend's parents like, Oh right. dude, I'm running this business. And they, like, right. turns out I'm an idiot, <laughs> dude. I was not making like, that's, that's just not a path to success. So right. after let's say the seven months you're doing well, I personally, I love giving myself, uh, goals with rewards to them. Okay. So, um, like our first company, um, it was like, Hey, if we hit a million dollars in sales in this, it was actually, uh, we said August 31st, which was about five months later we hit a million dollars in sales by that date, uh, we'll buy like, and the first one we did was like something dumb. It was like, we'll buy like a nice pair of shoes. Right. Like had the shoes picked out. Like I'm going to buy those shoes. Heck yeah. Cool. And then we did, Hey, if we hit 2 million in sales by, and we actually hit, we actually hit a million dollars in sales August 31st at 5 PM. It was literally like wow. five, six hours left or whatever, seven hours left. We hit it, which is crazy. That's we epic. Like celebrated. It was awesome. And then if we had $2 million. We had this, Oh God, I'm going to buy this car or whatever. Right. Right. And I like to do that kind of stuff. Um, to keep it going. Cause I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs too that get something started and they just love the start and then they go start something else and something else and something right. else. And I just thought, Hey, I want to get rich once and I want to do this right. And right. I don't know. What do you think on that? You know, I I'm same impression. Like, you know, I always tell people start and don't stop. And you know, like I always tell people get a mentor. If, if you're in an industry that you are, you know, find someone in the industry, find someone that they, to help you with, with, you know, putting things together. I, I'm the guy that is always asking questions and want to be surrounded by the best. Mm. So I'm not going to be at Walmart or Target trying to figure out where stuff is. I'm if even if I know the general area, I'll go ask someone. Mm-hmm. Just point point point, and that's what I need. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and you know have my ego get in the way of no, I don't need anybody to help me. And so I always tell people like you know, kind of put that pride aside, put that ego aside. Even if you're having some some success at the beginning. Um, what goes up sometimes must come down. And if you're, you're exploding at the beginning and everything is great, well, if you have no infrastructure behind you, then what goes up must come down, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of businesses, especially in you know early days of my network marketing days, businesses go very, very fast. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad were part of one that was the fastest company to a billion, and then they were the fastest company to go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. So they went yes. up right back down. Yeah, and, crazy. you know, to have that infrastructure and, um, you know, have that mentor and just, you know, have a, a plan and start and don't stop. Just just stick with it and don't stop. And yeah, like, you know, at month seven, if things are working out really well, then get a mentor to learn how to scale. Like if your business is, you know, you want to go, you're at 500,000 or a million and you have those those objectives and those goals that you want to create. Well, if someone in your space has gone to 100 million or 50 million, that's your objective now. How do you scale like that? You know, with us in the RV industry, our first dealership did like 12 million, a little over 12 million the first year. And then we did over a hundred last year. And I just, all I went and started asking people, how did you do a hundred million dollars? How'd you do a hundred million dollars? Yeah, yeah. Cool. And I remember going to an event and, and hearing someone, Hey, I'm so-and-so from X dealership. We did $80 million last year in sales. And I'm looking at him like, what the heck? How did you do that? Is that possible? Yeah, that's cool. And now I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, not even satisfying to say we're a hundred million dollars. It's I want to keep, keep, yeah, keep cool. going. So really cool. it's just getting those mentors and getting that, uh, that clear plan of going from, you know, A to B to B to C, C to D and having that path mm-hmm. and, and keep going. Yeah. Like, cause it's hard. Right. I mean, I'm sure you found that things are not easy. And even if you're three down, three years down the road, it's not easy. Like it's, you still have to keep 
pushing. And especially with me, I'm dealing with a ton of employees. You have to keep dealing that that's a factor that is different every single day. Like I'm, oh, yeah. I'm dealing with issues today, literally this morning that mm-hmm. I was not dealing with yesterday. And I'm like scratching my head and be like, Oh man, this love my people, love my people. Love my <laughs> How people, many employees do you guys people. have? Almost 200. 200. Oh wow. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Now, do you have any employees with the stuff that you do? Uh, 44, I think right wow. now. So yeah, and this is culture camp. Yeah. No, no, no. I, and I want to talk about that too, because you know, you are very young and I want to, I, I relate to you in a many, many Not different that ways. that young? How old are you? I'm 28, man. You're 20, I'm 27. Dude, so, so young. Okay. <laughs> okay. Don't tell no, me no, no, I'm no, no, so no. young. I will say we are young. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, okay, we, we go. are young. Okay. Um, it, it is, have you found it hard to, to lead teams or find respect like early on in your business career? Yes. Versus people that are maybe in their older than us. <laughs> I'll say, I won't say old because, you know, 40s, 50s isn't old, yeah. but, you know, older than you and I. Uh, well, yeah, I run a coaching business. No one wants to get True. coached by a 25 year old. Yeah. You, you know what? At all. I've never thought about that, but yeah. because I look at you like, like, oh my gosh, like this dude knows everything about funds mm-hmm. and yeah, I've never looked at it like that, but you're right. Yeah. No one wants to get coached by a 25 year old person. So first off, I don't tell people my age very often. Right. Uh, I just didn't tell people my age. I wear, I wear a beard on purpose. I don't know it really anymore. Yeah, dude, I mean, if I don't, if I'm not having this beard, I look like I'm 12. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, what I did, I just said, Hey, I, uh, and I would, I would, I just said, I'm gonna set my ego aside and I would be open with it. Say, Hey, I'm, I'm relatively young, learned a few things, but I'm going to bring in really good experts. I'll be the reporter. Right. So what we did is I went and found, I think 12 or 15 big fund managers. We would interview them or invite them in to our community. And so I would say, Hey, I'm, and by just association, I was essentially, I guess my status was raised a little bit, but right. I would just, the, my, my shtick was, Hey, I have access to all these great fund managers that are going to come teach and help you. And yeah, I run a fund too. I'll help you on some things. I'm good at, you know, and that's kind of how I approached it with, as far as clients, right. As far as employees, um, it's actually funny. Most of our people are, I'm like one of the oldest people in our company. Really? Yeah. That's kind of, that's, that's actually really <laughs> Which cool. Which is weird. Yeah. Actually, I, we try to hire, uh, I try to hire very promising, like a player, people that have been very successful in other areas of their life. People that are just winners regardless. And right. it's personally, I have a hard time finding those people when they're older, when they're right. 40. Cause if they're really an a player and they're 40, they're probably retired or running their own empire. Right. The people that I want to hire. And, or they're not going to come over for whatever I'm going to pay them. The people, if I'm hiring somebody in their 50, they've probably, whatever has happened in their life, maybe, maybe they are a great A player, but they've obviously been in some spots that they're going to come take a hundred thousand dollar salary from me. Right you know? So, um, I, we, we've hired a lot of young, like it's, it's crazy. So our, our first team, um, I didn't know this till after we had hired six dudes that were student, student by presidents. Really? in their lives. And I was a student by president too. I didn't, we didn't know that at all, but we all started talking about it. Like, Oh yeah, you were student by president. You were too. We have uh, five dudes that were D one athletes. Um, wow. A basketball, volleyball of running one of the best runners in the country. It's just like, we didn't know this when we hired them, but we just, we try to hire people that are just, they're excellent. And, and that's what, if you follow Google, that's what they hire. Yeah. Like they hire Olympic athletes, ex, uh, you know, pro right. players, whatever. Cause they showed, you know, total in depth in one area of something in there. You know, I like to hire people that are that way, a right. players and they can learn very fast for sure. Cause all the stuff we're doing is brand new. A lot of the things. And so, right. Anyways, it's, it's helped us in a lot of ways and maybe hurt us in a few ways too. We lack sometimes some experience, but it's been fun. So I'm, I actually am like the older, one of the older people in our company. That's awesome. So, I have 44 people, which is kind of crazy. That's so that's, you know, in, in 
Mine, I'm probably one of the youngest people mm-hmm. in our company, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Well, my I have a twin brother, he's a minute younger, so he's actually maybe the youngest person. <laughs> yeah. Um, but how have you been able to find these people? Um, that's a good question, dude. Hiring's hard right now. It is very hard. like I think we have five open positions right now. Really? Trying to hire. Um a lot have just been people that I knew or or been around or whatever, circles and then friends of friends. A lot of them in referral. A lot of people really? we hire as referral. And we're not, we're, we're trying to hire, you know, we don't need a, that many headcount. We have a, we have a large headcount for our company type, right? We could run our, I mean, anyways, it's, you you can, you see some coaching companies like ours run with five people. Right. We did, we've decided to go bigger. We really want to scale. And so we're going all out, but a lot of them by, by referral. Really? We, we put stuff on LinkedIn and put stuff out, but usually the candidates we get just aren't. And then we get like three referral people and they're usually the best interview people. Sweet. So a lot Refer- of referrals. What about you guys? Re- yep, referrals. We get a lot of referrals. Um, we've hired a few people, you know, out there on Indeed and some things like that, but a lot of most of it's referrals because like, you know, you, you we can get into culture in, in how you've been able to build your team, but culture is so important and it's really hard. People are so good at interviewing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. <laughs> like oh, yeah. people are so good at it and yeah. you're sitting here doing an interview and I'm like, okay, I don't know what to believe. Yeah, yeah. But if you get a referral and it's someone that you trust, like, you know, it's someone in your company or whatever. Hey, I got this person. Yeah, yeah. I got this brother, cousin, sister, this guy, this person. And, and sometimes it's hard because you know, you're dealing with family aspect and different things, but mm-hmm. it's, it's so much easier. At least that I found to just referral and then you get to talk to him. And a lot of my interviews, like, like how do you, how do you interview? Is it, is it more on like, Hey, this is what your pretty much your job is going to look or how, or do you focus more on who they really are? I focus on who they, who they are as a person really when I interview so, and you think that's helped you find the better people um I don't know I don't know if it is or I don't know if yeah. I'm good at it or not I just <laughs> I did a lot of interviewing at BYU and stuff for finance and like they do very technical interviews with stuff and so I'll have some of my other team members do that more technical interviews if we try to hire somebody that way but right. I'll ask one of my favorite questions is uh, tell me your morning routine tell me your average morning routine and tell me your ideal morning routine really I want to hear I, I like morning routines. I want to, and if they have, if they tell me, I don't, I've never really thought about that. Then I'm like, you're not fired. You're like, you're, you're out. Really? Like if you haven't thought through how you're going to spend your morning or maybe, maybe it's a nighttime routine or whatever part of your day that's going to be structured and routine to help you become a better person. Right. If you haven't even thought about that, then you're out. Like I'm not hiring you. Really? And then I like, I want to hear, okay, what's your, and if they, if they're telling me, now I don't really care what the contents of it. They can do, I do an ice bath every morning or I read right. or I work out or I, how, like, I want to know how do you prep yourself to come to work every day? If it's, I roll out of bed at eight Oh one and shower and run to work as fast as I can. And I don't think about it. And then on when I get home, I don't think about it either. I just, I'm like, this person obviously isn't, they're not an A player. They're right. not an A, they're not a person that's developing themselves to be the type of person we want them to become. Right. Cause I'm, I think we're in the business of building people for sure. Uh, we're huge in our company. Like uh, we do a lot of education stuff. We do a lot of books. We do a lot of like self-development at our company. And I, and the people that we promote and they, they latch onto that, right? They latch onto the self-development. They're always learning and scaling up. I don't really care where you're at now. Right. I care where you can be in six months. And, uh, but if somebody shows up and they don't want to learn, they don't have a morning routine, they don't listen to podcasts or books. I, I like to ask, what's your what's your most recent book you read? Like last five, and what was your favorite? What's the five things you got out of it? You know, really? I want I want to hear if they're learning. Are they active? What do they think about markets? What are they? I, I really want to get into their brain of are they like an are they passive or an active person? Right. Right. Are they just going to check a box? Or are they going to like grab a concept and really roll with it? Roll with it and yeah. take over and become that person. You know. And so that's how I interview. 
Wow. Interesting. So there you go. I don't know if that's right or wrong. That's how I do it. No, I mean, that's, that's really, that's an interesting perspective. And I've heard of very similar people doing like very similar ways and people doing that, but that's a very interesting. Now that I'm thinking about it and I'm, I'm taking a minute to think about it, but it, it makes so much sense because if you know, your, your home life and who you are outside of work usually reflects on inside of work. There's very Mm -hmm. few people that have, you know, this perfect work life and then a horrible home life. Like it's, it's just, they're, they tend to overlap. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting the morning, the morning routine and nightly routine thing. That's, that's fascinating. And I'm definitely going to use that because it makes so much sense because you don't want to get someone that's Hey, Hey, I like, I do nothing to better myself. I do nothing to start my day. I pretty much just roll out of bed. No, I'm going to be late for you. I'll probably be, I'm not a nine o'clocker. I'm like a nine 15. It's like, what? (laughs) Well, you know, okay. You know, and that yeah. helps cut past because everyone's good yeah. at interviewing. People are good exactly. at interviewing. And so that sometimes that cuts and like, no, what did you do this morning? Right. Like, what did you do today? Like, how do you prepare for this? Yeah. what did you prepare to prepare for this? Like that yeah. like cuts through a lot of like BS in an interview. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, cause I get asked this all the time. How do you find good people? I mean, it's just, everybody's looking for good people and, yeah. and really, you know, finding it like building a team. And you, let's get into this. You talk about culture and reading your books and everything's like that. How do you, do you think that's been a, a pretty major part of your success and why you've been able to grow the company as fast as you have? Me or other people? Or, or, or you, you, like you. So oh, you just said like you have a, a book reading program and self-development, different things like that. How important it is for for that in, in a business? Oh, I think it's crucial, dude. I think it's, and that's why we spend a lot of time on this. Right. And I think it's maybe because I am, I'm like a, ben, like I have become who I am because of incredible books and I, I am a, I just love that crap, you know, self-development stuff. I just, I love going to Tony Robbins or events or like, I just, I spend, I think I've spent $150,000 in courses and and coaching and mentorship in the last two years. You know, I'm actively joining programs and doing stuff. I'm sure you're doing the same. And and I'm like, well, if I'm doing that, I want my employees to do that too. You know, I want them to be learning and developing. If they don't, if they don't have the mindset to do that, then you're out, dude, you're not part of it. And and I think when you say like good people want to work with good people, right. They want to be around good people. And if you have a bad apple in your bunch, Oh yeah. It ruins the whole, and people don't want to work there anymore. And we actually, a few months ago, we had a couple of guys that are on our sales team that were just kind of low performers. And I didn't, we have, we hired them for every reason. And we just, we were like, dude, you're out right. for a culture reason. You are out. Cause you just like your numbers, first off, your numbers are low, right? You're not doing good. And you're sucking the energy out of the team. Right. It's more of an energy thing than anything. Like if you have, you've come to work with low energy and you're depressed and sad and whatever, yeah, we're going to help you. We're trying to help you out. But if it's, that's how you are like right. forever, like, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you know, our team is winners, bro. We, we right. hire winners and that's where it's like, and then winners want to tell their friend, dude, you gotta come to this company, bro. Like right. everyone we're there, crushing it. everyone there is like a killer dude. And there right. all these people are going to be successful. Like it's crazy. And yeah, so it's, it's so, pretty it, fun. It's so important to get those bad apples, cancer cells. Like I've said it multiple times on this podcast. Like it's almost like inviting cancer into your body. No one does that. Yeah. And you almost have to look at your, your team, you know, some people call them employees, team members, whatever family and saying, Hey, we're going to invite a little cancer and see what happens and see if we yeah. can fix it or not. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. No one would ever do that. No one yeah. would be like, Hey, is this a cancer pill? Is this, is this leukemia? Okay. I'm going to think yeah, of leukemia yeah, yeah. pill. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Yeah. And so it's important. Like pe- people out there, you know, there, there's a, you know, the saying out there, and I can't remember what, uh, it was like a Kenny Rogers song. It's like, you know, when to hold them and you know, when to fold them, yeah, yeah. you have to know when to, you know, the coaching, is it coaching that they haven't got? Is it they're They just bad. Like, you know, you kind of take a, a, a reset on them and see, okay, is it, are we failing them? Mm-hmm. Are they just failing or do they just, that's how they are. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you find sometimes like having empathy for people is very important. 
at least I think. Yeah. And yeah, if that person's low performing, like if they're if they're a high performer, they interviewed great high performer, they had the, a great thirty days, all of a sudden, boom, they fell down. Like, what happened? Why are we failing you? Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes, like I've had stories of, hey, like I, my grandma just passed away, and we're yeah. dealing with that, and I'm, yeah. I'm mentally not here. Hey, cool, take a week off. I'm not gonna worry about it. Doesn't count towards your PTO, whatever. We that is just take a week off reset come back yeah you know we i understand that but don't like the worst thing people can do is just never say anything and you know there's issues and then because you might end up letting them go because you're just thinking they're performing badly so and it's a, if, you, if you're you know in, in, a, in a, an employee or in a position like that just be up front and say hey this happened i'm having a really bad day or hey i'm yeah. really struggling with this because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know. Yeah. So if you're telling me, hey, I'm really having a hard time in sales. I'm having a hard time doing this. Or I don't really know how that works. Speak up. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you do is is not say anything. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. now, yeah, I we it's funny. I, I'm very like, I'll, I'll talk the talk. Like we're gonna have this. But then it's it comes back to, yeah, you have real people. They have right. real problems. And you got to help them out. You got to be right. with them and, and help them 100%. Yeah. And help develop people and, and all sorts of stuff. So and, and it's important because there's a lot of people out there that just view their employees as just employees and their number and they don't care. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what kind of culture is that? I mean, would you work for a culture like that? Yeah. I mean, probably not. Yeah. So what are some things that you do to create that culture and that teamwork inside of, you know, self-development side or maybe some include some self-development things? What are some things that you're doing actively right now to to help that culture of your team? Um yeah, a few things just how I view like people that I hire employees, I, uh, you know, it's easy. It's easy to just be like, Oh, that's just their cogs in a machine, dude. And let's get the machine bigger. And like, let's be systems and whatever. Right. And there's a, so I, I fully, I feel that. And I understand that I'm that way and I'm not perfect with this at all. But the other, the other side, I, I feel like who you work for and the team you're around, that's who you, you spend more time with those people than your spouse and your family for sure. and the people that are closest to you. And 100%. the boss too is, like for me, I'm, a, I'm the face of our company too. I am the, I have the most influence over some of these people than probably most people in their lives, right? I can really uh, yeah, affect I w- I would agree with how that. they feel and their moods and what they develop, right. what they grow into or, you what can they, have them, yeah. or what they shrink into as well. hundred percent. You can make them have a really bad home life. Oh dude, I can, I, I could, you know, I, and I was like, wow, I thought about this a couple weeks ago. I was like, dude, this is a, it's an interesting power. Right. And I, and I hope that I, uh, I hope people come and work for me. And whether they, and I, I tell people actually, we do a Monday call every week. We have a big huddle and we do like, you know, I, I always tell people, dude, you, most people in this company, you guys are all going to be millionaires. Like one day, I just know just the type of people you are, whether you work with us, great. But you, a lot of you guys, if you guys quit today, you could probably go start a crazy company or whatever. But while right. you're here, like we're going to help you guys be super successful and give you the foundation for the rest of your life. Right. And I try to have that mentality with people of really like, I, I feel like I want someone if whether they quit or not, or we fire them or whatever, I want them to work for me and be like, dude, Bridger elevated my life. Cause I had employers that dubbed me. I had a great employers when I was in college or whatever and internships that like elevated me. Right. And I want them to leave if they ever leave or with us, they're not probably not going to be us for 50 years. You know what I mean? They're right. going to have other jobs. And so I try to have that mentality, number one, and then more practical things that we do. I, I try to do every single direct report gets a, a full quarterly meeting uh, every quarter. So they get a one-on-one where they get to talk to their boss, have a very open, candid conversation with pay and all sorts of how they're feeling at least once a quarter, if not more often. Wow. And we have two pay. We Twice a year, we talk about their pay, how they're feeling about their pay, salary, where are we at with bonuses. So end of year and uh, New Year's, or sorry, end of year and like June-ish, right. middle of the year. Um we do daily huddles with all of our teams. So every team we do, our executive team meets every morning for 
seven minutes or eight minutes, just really? really quick on Zoom. We just huddle really fast. What needs to get done today? Who's in charge that we're all on the same page, our executive team. And each one of them go and run a huddle on all their teams uh, every morning. And it's, they're sometimes really fast. It's five minutes, eight minutes. Everyone hops on though, because we have a lot of people remote. So right. we're doing a full accountability check-in. What are pro- where are projects at? It just gets stuff done fast. And um, anyways, that's a few things that we do. I, we're not perfect. We're keep, we keep adding stuff. We have now, like, like how to win friends and influence people for sure. I'm like, I've told people, if you don't read this book in the first two months, you're here, you're fired. Like I will. And yeah. I, I like, I'll hope people do that. Like if I, if I interview them and you haven't read how to win friends, you get one warning and I'll say again, you have to read this book and you have to live by this book. Right. And if you don't read how to win friends and influence people after my second meeting with them, you're not on board. Really? Like that's you're, you're not on our team. Like if I've, I've, I've been, that's how adamant I talk about it all the time. You guys, everyone in support, sales, marketing, fulfillment, like everybody needs to read how to win friends and influence people. I read it once a year, every single year. I just finished it two days ago. Nice. And I just hound on people to read it. And if they, it's a good book. If I remind you four or five times and you don't, and you don't read it, like obviously you're not a team player. Obviously you don't, you're not buying in to what we're doing. Right. And we probably got to let you go. So I don't know. I, that's that's, awesome. that's one that I'm cutthroat on, dude. If you, if, uh, cause that's the easiest way to get rid of cancer. Your company is that I feel right. like that book is incredible. Uh, I had a mentor tell me he read it every year and he was uh, that same mentor that was at that big white house. That's a huge thing. He's read it every year for like 20 years straight. And wow. changed. And he's one of the best networkers I've ever met in my entire life. He knows all these wealthy families around the world and just, he's like this incredible networker. I was like, okay, anyways, that's cool. I don't know if that's good or bad. That's what we do though. Dude, it, it's awesome. And I think it's so important to most businesses um, or even, fa- even family. I mean, you can bring it down to your families. Um, it, if you're a leader, manager of any, any team, it's so important to get aligned. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and if, and if something like your non-negotiable obviously is how to win friends and influence people among other things. Mm-hmm. And if you are aligned and your, your team members, you know, employees, whatever you want to call them, are aligned in that and realize that, Hey, you know, Bridger, you know, his non-negotiable is how to win friends and influence people, not only to read it, but to practice it. Now that's mm-hmm. two totally different things is a non-negotiable. I have to adhere to that. And we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to teams that they, that they are, are aligned with the top down. Cause and it really starts with you. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling him something and you do it and you practice what you preach, it is kind of, you know, contagious to the rest of the team. If they see, if you're barking orders and tell them to do things and they're not seeing you apply those principles or read the books or talk about it. And, you know, you might have a book club and do this, but you know, you don't really care about it and don't manage through them. Um, it, it ends up being a reverse negative effect on the company because they, oh, yeah. they just don't trust you and that, and you know, having trust is so important. So what are some, you know, some things you said a lot of your teammates are remote is, are there some things, you know, how have you been able to create that culture you know, and really, and hold people accountable remote. Remote's hard. Yeah. We were a hundred percent remote okay. just by the start of our business. Cause I just, right. we all just worked from home or whatever. Right. And we're like, Oh, we probably should get an office. We got an office a year ago and it's changed our business like crazy. Really? What are some things that has done good for you? Um, just stuff gets done way faster. Really? Like I, I didn't realize how much faster stuff gets done when you can just walk like literally the person sitting right there. And it's like, yo, have you got this? Like, where are we on with, on this project? Where are we at? Do we need something for me? Right. Especially when you're planning your events. I'm sure yeah, we have events. I mean, it was just, yeah. any business has lots of stuff to plan. Right. Right. And so we like speed to get stuff done. Like our, our speed increased drastically and we we're like, and then, so now we've tried, we were like, okay, let's try to hire people in office now. So we're about, I bet we're half in office, half remote really? right now. And, um, but our new hires, we were really trying to push them to come in office. Nice. Um, we just got a new office in Lehigh and we're going to move in there 
like next month. It's like sweet. Congrats. Should be fun. You know, it's been, I, I think it's been a game changer for us having salespeople sitting around each other and hearing each other's calls and learning from each other. It's just like intangible. Right. Like when someone's remote, it's just like, okay, oh, where's your zoom link? Can we hop on for, and like, you right. just don't ask them certain things. Cause it's like, Oh, I'll just save it for two weeks to when our, our, our Thursday meeting that we do every week. Okay. We'll just wait, we'll just wait till the Thursday meeting instead of doing right. it on Tuesday or Monday saves you three or four days to get stuff done. Right. So to keep them accountable though, still we, we do those daily huddles. Okay. We used to do um, almost a double day huddle. So one at 9am and one at like two thirty. Really? Just to check in. How's your day going? Where are you at? Like, what do you need? Like just as a, as a standing meeting, if anything needed to get done and like right. really quick tasks, we need to just jump on can get done at two thirty or 9am. We've done other stuff like that, but um, anyways, I'm not perfect at it, but we've done, we, and we set up like checklists and different, you know, boards and crap. And right. anyways, it's just, I think there's a lot of benefits that would be in person. No, that's, that's so, awesome. I, very similar. We just uh, got an office about three or four months ago. I mean, I literally, I mean, you're just looking at the the headquarters of Haugen RV group. Oh, cool. um, you know, we got right to a hundred million dollars right here, yeah, that's awesome. um, which is pretty kind of cool to say you did that, but it's, yeah. it's, it was, it was hard. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't ever see anybody and, you know, travel and all that stuff. And still, I travel a lot more than anybody ever should. Um, but it's nice to get people in the office and go see people and mm-hmm. we're decorating it and you got this for, you know, different yeah. things and it's just a fun place to go and i love it it's just a way to get out and a way to the way to get I'm like everybody together too. i like him way happier oh i do i feel office. so like i'm not I gonna lie like so good. i got a little uh sign you know in the in the the suite you know how i got all the suites listed of the, all the businesses in it and oh, the yeah. sign out front on the main road i got a little haugen rv logo i'm like oh taking pictures of that every time. About <laughs> it's that. so yeah. good <laughs> and uh, you know it's a proud thing yeah, to be able cool. to to do that and yeah. provide and and but yeah like I, I love it like i'm like oh i'm going to the office yeah driving over there i'm super happy yeah. and that whole vibe and, you know, go up the elevator. I've always wanted to, you know, have an office that had an <laughs> elevator and all this stuff. But yeah. it's, uh, I think it's so important because during COVID, we got so remote, right? Mm-hmm. Pre-COVID, remote wasn't really a yeah, thing. I mean, when I, I, I comes to mind, like the first, the only people that I knew really was remote, remote was like Delta. Delta has a, had, had a lot of at-home, you know, people who were doing reservations and like a lot of times when you call Delta that someone's sitting at their kitchen table. I, I didn't know that, but I have some friends that worked for Delta and like, Oh yeah, like yeah. we all work from home. We, you, you work in the, the office for X amount of time and then you graduate quote unquote, then you get a laptop and you bounce to your house and that's how they've grown to 70,000, 80. I think maybe they have 90,000 employees now and they're not sitting in office buildings. Um, but I just thought that was interesting how they cool. did that. And then yeah, COVID yeah. hit and I'm like, Oh yeah, we can make this remote. And then it's yeah. like, you realize how much you love being around people mm-hmm. and re- that the like sounds weird, but like shaking a hand or giving a hug or like touching people and like the, like the, the interaction of that. And no, I don't think that the wrong touch. way, but <laughs> the sound of bad loves to just touch people. I love it. I'll just come in yeah. and just, just put, my, put my hand <laughs> on your arm and just be like, I just want to feel you right now. No, but like the, the physical aspect of, it, of being in the same room and like feeling the energy. Cause there is something about like energy, you know, giving, you know, from one person to the other, yeah. you don't really, you can't really get that on zoom yeah. and you kind of lose that touch. So we've become, you know, we we're remote. Now we're kind of in the office, but obviously like people work remote, like we do different calls. Like yeah. I work from my office here a lot and I'm always on the road and different things, but there's just something about getting together with people. Do you do anything like outside of work with any of your, your team members? Um, we've got a stupid amount of athletes on our team. Okay. Like very good athletes. And so we play basketball a lot. Really? We play spike ball. We play like volleyball. Like we'll play sports. Really? We actually do quite a bit. Have you seen uh, like Our new office has a full court basketball court. Really? Full Is it yours? Courts. Like It's shared with three other tenants. Okay. So, and they never use it. So. Really? 
like, sweet. That's so sick. We have all these, I, I mentioned we have all these young guys and a lot of them played like, I mean, I, I like playing basketball. I feel like I'm decent. Right. And I'm, I like as a team, like we could probably, there's probably seven other dudes. Like I wouldn't make the team. Like if we were setting up a team, really, I wouldn't make the team. Like anyways, there, we have really some cool. good dudes. We have some really good guys. So Heck yeah. yeah, we do that. That's exciting. So when you, when you moving that, you said a couple months. Uh, November 1st, our moving date. We're trying to negotiate going earlier. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'd be interested. I'm, I'm going to follow you, follow, remind, remind myself to follow up and see how like different your vibe is. I get, you know, I guess you could say our culture is being able to do things like that in office and in house yeah. and having that, that, I mean, not that you we, do it. We, I mean, you do, you do it now, but we have a spike ball, uh, thing in our office Really, like right now we play probably two. I play once a day, almost every day. Really? At two o'clock, three o'clock. Spike ball is insane. Love spike ball. Indoor spike ball. So fun. It's off the walls. So you play off the walls and really? stuff. It is a hoot. So do you have like a little suite, like a little office area with that in it? Yeah. So we've got, I think we've got like 5,000 square feet, 4,000. There's a, there's a great little area that we like nice. marked off and it's anyways, it's a blast. Dude. And I, I, I've, we do it for two reasons. It's like fun. Not like number one, I guess, but it's, um, never get like, I tell people whenever you're sleepy, like go over there. Like if you're getting that two o'clock, three o'clock right. feeling, just go play a game of spike ball, get some people and play. It wakes you up. And then actually it's like a game of four, like it's two on two and you, right. you meet people and you've like, it's it builds, team, right? it builds a little team. Uh, it's actually been very good. I, I did um, my quarterly interview with my executive team just yesterday. I had three people tell me dude, spike ball has been like very good. Really? And for morale and people coming to office and it's cause sometimes if you have like a ping pong table there, people feel like it's like a trap. Right. I've, I've ever felt that before. Like they put fun stuff yeah. there and it's like, I, I worked at a company and they had all this stuff, but nobody ever touched it. Cause it was like, well, if you touch it, that means you're lazy. Right. You know? And I don't know, whatever, some things are that way, but like we've, we've tried to make a culture with spike ball. It's like just play and you know, get your heart rate up. You'll, per, you'll perform way better the next hour and a half. If you play for 10 minutes right now and you right. get your heart rate up and you're not sleepy. And so that's how we kind of go approach it, but it's been really fun. I've gotten multiple compliments on it. People love to come really? to the office. And so we, we have this new office now when we move in, we'll have a full court basketball court, CrossFit gym. And we're gonna try to develop the culture of, you know, like that. Yeah. That sluggish afternoon. Like don't, right. don't let that happen. Don't be sluggish. Now. Like that back to high performers. Like right. you guys are high performers. Don't, don't low perform from one thirty to four thirty. Right. Like if you're low performing, go in, get your heart rate up, go on a walk around the building, whatever you need to do, pushups, like, get drink right. some red bull like <laughs> go play a game of basketball like whatever we need you at high performance right so no in in it, it's all right because we all do have that two o'clock you know one or really it's like a two o'clock three o'clock four o'clock yeah. just drag i remember in high school or really anytime what in is school, it right it's now? like it's two fifteen yeah, it's right two, now yeah, and i'm yeah, feeling yeah. it right? I'm yeah. just kidding, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no it's good we'll be over soon but uh yeah, yeah. but no i mean it's so true and it's so important because how much productivity do you lose during the, that those three or four yeah, hours yeah. of Everybody, I mean, if you got 40, you say you have 44 employees, 44 times four hours every single day, yeah. that's a lot of production. And if all you got to take is 20, 30 minutes and go boom, or maybe mm -hmm. even shorter than that, maybe 10 minute spike ball yep. game of just intense and screaming and having a good time yep. and elevate that heart rate, the next phone call, if you're like a sales team, the next yeah. phone call you make, you're going to be hyped. Yes. Especially, I mean, exactly. even, even if you, you know, you have that like compet healthy com competition. There's, we talk a lot on the, the show about competition and there's a di big difference between like healthy competition with your, your, your team members and really unhealthy competition where it's getting <laughs> yeah. so competitive. Yeah, it's yeah. like breaking everybody down. Like you're trying to purposely hurt somebody else. Yeah. Then it's just, you know, screwing the whole thing up. But I, I love that idea. I think yeah. that's really interesting. I'd love the, you know, we're, we just moved into our office, I think in March, April, February, March, something like that. And we already outgrew it. 
it's oh, it's cool. hard like this podcast i was you know i have plans to put it in there and i was getting all that set up and then boom promoted a bunch of people and now we're doubling offices up and doing all these things because we're just yeah. growing our yep. our infrastructure there and i'm like man we already need a new place um but that's interesting i have a, have a place that they can go uh do you like out. having uh, offices for people i do so we have our new space i think we have six or seven offices okay right now we just open on a, we have an open floor right everyone sits i sit out there okay and uh we're the idea we're toying with right now is either giving people offices like our cl- closers or whoever like needs an office or right. doing like floating offices so everyone works out in the middle but if you need an office you can go, go use, use it. it just go use it that's Rent a very... it out for an hour and then come back out right and so anybody can bounce in these offices because i just I've, I've been curious and maybe you you're probably the guy to ask but if sometimes people can just lock themselves in their office and don't get anything done or they right. can just take a day off or they or also it's good you know me as the ceo to sit out with everybody I yeah feels, to be out there feels more like i'm involved i can listen into people's conversations like right see what's going on i don't know what are your thoughts on all that you know mine is i guess a little bit different i have to have a lot of locked doors um for you know private information things like that with uh with that but our suite is set up where it's all offices there's no really common area oh, it's all it's okay. just a it's just a hallway in an office building with a bunch of offices mm. parked on it and we have a boardroom um, we do have like a a, a snack room where I call the it's not really a break room because no one ever really takes a break in there, but it's a snack room. We've got drinks in there full of every, all everybody can come take as much yeah. drinks or whatever yeah. they want to do. And then my office is all the way at the end and um, well, kind of at the end and there. But I think, you know, if I don't know, that's interesting because I like the I like that like common area and then you kind of rent an office. And we're debating but, right now because yeah. we this. Our current office, we have two office, two or three, mostly just common area and like not yeah. common, but we just we throw a lot of desks and cubicles and stuff in there. Right. Which is fun. Anyways, we're, we're floating that around the yeah. renter office just so that people don't also feel like this entitlement. Too. Right. And I don't, right. I don't have an office like, Hey, Bridget doesn't have us or other co-founder doesn't have an office. Right. We just rent off. We just, we just use an office when we need one, but we're out here with you guys. We're, we're working every day. You guys can hear our calls. If, right. if I need to take a private call, I just step in the office, you know? Right. Anyways, that's kind of how we've done it so far. And I, I don't yeah seeing if it'll work or not no it's interesting i guess you could change you could you could see what it does and change um you know yeah but mine mine is just just office suites and i like it i like you know having my own space i like having my office i like you know bringing people in there and you know you have you do have private conversations but it's right now i don't have a choice but now i'm thinking about it i wonder because you just like your goal is bringing everybody together and you know the beginning of this podcast we talk about like your business is um, you know, my little intro says your business is not a pyramid, it's a round table. And you're kind of creating that round table vibe where, hey, you're not really, you know, quote unquote above anybody else. You know, we're all here as a team. Look, I'm I'm here with you mm-hmm. and you're walking the walk with them. You're not sitting in an office that's shiny, that's this and that, um, that's saying, oh, I'm so much better and all these things. I really, really like that because I do feel like there's a huge disconnect between, you know, CEOs and, or managers, anybody like, you know, owner of a company with their team members every I, i've always felt like that disconnect there mm-hmm. that they the owner ceos feel like they're really entitled to all of these things yeah. now my office like our office is the biggest office there but i have like a big table that we meet at so that's why i just yeah, i need to play yeah, yeah like everybody comes in there and there's a tv on the wall or gonna be a tv on the wall and we can talk about that so yeah. i wanted that to be able to bring in like banking reps and present to them instead of always having to use the boardroom where everybody can kind of see in it because it's not private. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I gotta have, you know, it's just a little bit different, but I really, really like that, especially what you're doing with bringing everybody together mm-hmm. and having that ability to, you know, purposely going and finding a a office building that does have things that you can offer your team members. Mm-hmm. That's, that's unique. 
And I love, you know, and then that's kind of the, the new thing. Now. I've noticed a lot in, in like oh, our yeah. buddy Kyle Nielsen and Aptive. I always see them playing oh, yeah, basketball. I'm like, it, yeah. that, that's freaking cool, man. It's yeah. just a place that anybody can come hang out. I think there's a gym there and different things. That's really, that's really cool. You're offering that to your employees. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm not like on the, I'm at the beginning of this whole thing right, right now. I'm trying to figure it out, but. Right. It's kind of fun. We like, I don't know. I think it'd be fun. We'll sure. Well, out. you've, you've created something really, really awesome. And at such a us young age, I mean, it's really cool. And I love, you know, I love this conversation. We've, we're a lot of similar in a lot of different, a lot of ways. And, you know, we go through the same struggles and, you know, being younger entrepreneurs and, you know, it's really cool what you've been able to do because you have been able to bring together like this culture in Utah these cars and coins events and these different things. And I just want to tell you, like I have so much respect for you and what you've been able to do and the things that you've been able to accomplish and your pedigree has been amazing. And just you know, kudos to you, dude. You've been incredible. Like I've, I've been watching you for a long time, a lot longer than the first time we met at your dad's house. And you know, it's just been really cool to, to see. Yeah. yeah. Well, dude, thank you, bro. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun to be, I, uh, it's, it's cool. I, I love that you're 28. I think it's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's a lot of kids our age are, just doing whatever right and not not very many are interested in business or at no. least or maybe they're interested but they haven't done much and so i right. think it's, it's really fun to hang out with people that are actually doing stuff for sure and like you go to your events yeah. it's, it's mostly older oh, it's older almost, people almost, which uh, it's funny because i don't know about you like and you could you could speak to this is i relate more to older people because i'm oh, more i'm more in that lifestyle me too you know i'm i'm I always feel like I'm an old soul. Everybody calls me an old yeah. soul. I'm sure they call you that yeah. too. But it's just it's it's entertaining. My wife, dude, she makes fun of me so much. She's like, she's like, dude, you. She always says because I I like I love using. I mean, I don't not even that many, but like right. old people terms. I right. guess terminology is the best way to say right. it. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like one off the top of my head. Like, I don't know. Do, I, she always makes fun of like I say like dog and pony show. Like we're gonna mm -hmm. go on a dog and pony show. Or like they like stuff like that. Right. Like you, what are those called? Like it, idiot. It does. Anyways, isms or whatever. Know. I don't, I don't know, know what they're, they're called, called, bro. Old people language. <laughs> old, yeah. I apparently use it a lot. And my wife makes. She's like, you hang out with fifty year olds all day, and that's all. You just talk like them, and you talk that's like funny. you're from the. Anyways. And I always say like nowadays, and like nowadays you're twenty eight. I'm like, well, it's nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's funny. Awesome. Well, cool, man. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you uh, giving some insight into your company and how you've uh, been able to build this amazing brand, amazing culture that literally is like thousands of people, literally, I mean, 20,000 plus students, you're affecting thousands of uh, lives, helping them create something. These funds are incredible. And, you know, your coaching has been incredible. The last thing I want to ask you that I ask everybody, every guest, this is success is what to you, you know, what does success mean to you? Oh man. Uh, putting you on the spot. I know on the spot. I, uh, I, I guess I'm a faith. I guess I'll just tell you what came to my mind. I'm a, I, I mentioned I'm like a faith, faith based person. And, for sure. and uh, I think success for me is I think dying one day and like thinking about afterlife and feeling like I incredible relationship with my wife who I feel like I'm married to for time and all eternity and that we're going to be together and, and that I lived a life that's pleasing before God and, and to my fellow man and to people around me and that I was that type of person. Awesome. That's a big, like, I, I can describe that for like 30 minutes. That's right. what first comes to mind as far as success goes. If, if I can accomplish, and I'm like far from that, you know, I got a lot to work on, but, uh, I, uh, I was just thinking about like, there's been multiple times in my life where I finished something like finished high school or I finished like, and I did an LDS mission. I remember like the last day of that thing and going like, wow, like I feel like I left it all on the table. Like I right. did, I feel like I just, I remember like I was in, I was in Taiwan the last day I was going to come home. I was there for two years 
And I remember just like bawling, like crying. And I was really? like, wow. Like I just, I was just, I was like, dude, I feel like I've just left it all on the table. Like I did everything I want to do. No regrets. Like I just, and I tried to be the best person I possibly could be and fulfill every assignment or everything I was given. And I just left it out there. And I remember high school, like we went to my, my sister-in-law was playing a soccer game in our old high school. And I, we, me and my wife walked up and we were both like, man, we both like reminisced on like, I feel like high school, like I just left it all on the table. It was so great. And like, I'm good now. Like I'm good. I want my life right. to feel like that too. Like I finished my life and I'm like, dude, I did everything I've ever wanted to do. I hopefully was a benefit and a blessing to the people around me in my world. And, and I was a you know good influence on others. And I just did, I just, I wasn't perfect, but I did the best that I had. And, and I, man, I can just li leave this life feeling like I just like did it all. Like I just left it. I'm at, right. I'm at peace with how I live my life and ran it. And that's that would be a definition of success for me i i Which, absolutely love that yeah. that definition that's a really 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 well said and very powerful and i enough said leave it at that bridger thank you <laughs> yeah. so much for being on the show appreciate you